his love. And when it's the kind of love that's better than any we have on earth, man, that love can handle us saying, oh, you're, man, you're silent. I don't even like you right now. I just need some time away from you. It's, it's blasphemous sounding stuff, but God can handle that. Love can handle our disappointments. Love can handle that we're frustrated with an outcome that Episode of the Pass the Baton podcast, where we are passing on what's been passed on to us, and uh, we have uh, another chance to 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 talk with uh, Elder Steve Haley, our conference president here. And uh, we kind of ended our last episode on a little bit of a, a cliffhanger uh, of a story. So today's podcast, we're going to be talking about um, conflicts and how, as a leader, to navigate conflicts or difficult situations. So. Um, do you want to go ahead and share the story with us? You got to tell us a story now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now, if you want to hang on a conflict theme, it's not really a conflict story. It's kind of like a hear God thing. But okay. So, no, you, you got to tell us a story. You want to hear the hear God? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so uh, <laughs> I think I was mentioning when we ran out of time that uh, at least my experience has been to uh, when you when you hear God, you think pretty distinctly, and I even, I even say the voice of God. It's not a voice like we're using, at least for me. Uh, I don't get dreams in the night. I don't see things painted in the sky, messages. <laughs> That's not how it works for me. And even making certain decisions. We talked about this in your last podcast. Of, hey, I'm going to leave this profession. Please, where am I going to do this? Is uh, How do you describe it? My experience may be similar to many. It's a feeling. It's thoughts. Uh, are they my thoughts? Are they God's thoughts? Are they you know, the devil's thoughts? <laughs> I don't always know exactly. Uh, we, we sometimes know because from God's word, we get a sense of uh, who, his character, what he desires. Uh, we're told he desires the very best for us, never desires to harm or hurt. Um, so sometimes you can kind of filter the messages through. Does this seem like a God thing? When it contradicts who, it, his, who he is, his character, you know, that's probably me. It's selfish me. It's, but so in this case, just a, a quick story. I, I, I would say... On one hand, maybe two hands, less a couple fingers, are things where I can think God was just really clear, really just saying something that felt like, man, I think God's in that. So uh, one, one of those has happened, just kind of concluded here recently. Uh, the start of it goes back about a year and a half ago. And uh, just because of the nature of it, I probably won't drill down a lot of details, but we were involved in an uninvited, unwanted litigation issue. We did, we did not see that coming. It was something we probably could have prevented had we made a decision uh, that would have been different. It, it's, it's, it's not an ethical, moral thing. It's a, it was a business deal for the conference, let me put it that way. But in that, surprising to myself, and at the time our vice president for finance in particular, was a real clear sense that God was saying, uh, don't, don't do this, attempt to do this deal right now. Something's missing in this business, transact, business transaction for which there was, uh, for Kentucky, Tennessee, a lot, a lot of resource dollars at stake. So um, with, with the dramatic sense of God's, uh, in a startling, surprising way, saying, in the time or place, not knowing it was going to result in litigation. Uh, I, uh, uh, I, I'm not a guy that cries a lot, but as my wife would remember, I said, man, I remember sitting across from the couch with 
heard his wife and my eyes saying, I think God has said, not now, not now, don't do this. And uh, but there's something better, something better. I'm like, okay, didn't know there was going to be litigation because our priority would have backed up really quick. Like, ah, that's when that litigation thing. <laughs> so we made a, made a decision we did. We didn't know it was going to result in litigation, but it did. And um, through, through almost a year and a half with uh, uh, a, a civil lawsuit against us that had points of uncomfortableness and pain and depositions uh, that are nothing anybody enjoys, um, you're, you're simply trying to strategize with attorneys how to defend an uninvited, and we think unwarranted, lawsuit issue uh, over, over a business matter. And many times during that event, uh, I had moments to stop and think, I thought, man, I'm not sure, did I hear him exactly to do this? Because I can't see the outcome of this. Mm -hmm. I don't know how this thing's going to land. I don't know how this is going to end. And if it ends where, you know, I have to accept responsibility, I did something foolish. I could have I pushed to make this happen because I had the ability to do that. And I didn't because I thought I heard God say this. So I... I, I'm not a person of the deepest faith. I wish I was. I think I've got a little. I take a lot. I take a lot of encouragement in Jesus saying, "All you need is a size of mustard seed," Amen. which is sometimes I think that's yeah. all I got. But uh, uh, this this conclusion of the matter happened just a few days ago. Um, we felt like we had a strong case to defend, but uh, the amount of money to spend in defense with attorneys and the personal heartache to a lot of us who were getting drugged through this uh, from the other side that makes it uncomfortable for you. That's part of the strategy. Yeah. I'm going I'm to make you uncomfortable because of this. You're, I'm going to litigate and it's going to come with a price. Uh, I think in the end what I feared most, just to backtrack on that, is that uh, it would end not in a good way uh, in terms of the outcome. And then while, while not ending in a, in a good outcome would have disappointed me greatly, um, in the sense that this has harmed the conference, it's harmed the mission, it's harmed my church because I thought I thought something else. Uh, that would have been painful enough, but I think it maybe even a greater personal um, struggle is that I would have ended up saying, I guess I didn't hear God the way I thought it did. It was me. Maybe it was ego. Maybe I don't know what it was. But uh, it doesn't always happen this way, but uh, we went into a mediation, uh, if you're familiar with it in a legal sense, that's where the parties agree to get together with another attorney is, uh, the mediator attorney is not their attorneys, not our attorneys, not the litigants, not the defendants, professional attorney that often a part of the practice is to mediate people they don't agree. And mediation agreements are not uncommon prior to going to, to, uh, to trial. Um, and often they can result in success. But in this case, we had no reason to believe we were going to be successful. We, we read uh, clearly where we thought the person who uh, was in litigation against us, we knew where they were at, we knew where we were at. Uh, uh, this, uh, this is not, this probably, this is gonna be futile. And I've been in a mediation before, I'm not in a lot of them, but so I kind of know, I know the drill. So just an all day thing. Um, and it started out exactly as we thought, this, this is, we're probably not gonna be here long because he's not, we're not moving, they're not moving. Let me shorten the story because I know the, the podcast uh, and your listeners don't want to hear this all day. <laughs> agonizing. How's this end? It did end successfully. It ended successfully in this way. Uh, so one measure is we're getting uh, a, a significant 
better results financially than we did a year ago to, to the tune of uh, seven figures better. Don't think in terms of a fortune, but just think in terms of seven figures. That That's better. That's a lot better than it was. But for me on this personal journey of hearing his voice, I, I even came to the night before, which was Sunday night, and, and uh, we surprised our attorneys. I did and said, I, I'd like to work with these people and see if we can. So they didn't think we would even take that position. So, Let's just keep going. We'll go to court. We'll win. And I know you don't want to deal with them. So, you know, I'm willing to, despite all the insults and personal attacks on me and management and leadership, and it got really ugly and personal from them. That was part of their strategy to, uh, to just kind of make life interesting for them. Uh, but um, the night before, just talking to, to God about it, and I did a little prayer and fasting the day before, um, just, Lord, uh, just, I don't know, hoping you'll show up in your time. I don't think it's going to be tomorrow. But the night before, when I normally not sleep well, when there's a big thing ahead of me, I slept well, and I even had a sense of God saying, uh, I'll take care of this tomorrow, which was wow. Monday. Wow. And that's exactly what happened. So it's a cool story of God doing something really big. For this conference, uh, a lot of money, a lot of resources at stake, and doing exactly what I thought he might at, on his timetable, at, according to his plan, and uh, you, you know, people say, "Well, I guess you're clicking your heels after that." I said, "No, it was more of a quiet for me. Like, hey, thanks. You did what I thought you might, but I wasn't sure. And you showed up and you did it, and I, I didn't know how it turned out. But just a really cool." And they don't always turn out that way. Yes, but yeah. for me, these handful of times when I think I hear him, and I think my greatest fear is, I guess I don't hear the voice the way I like to now and then. When he wants to speak clearly, and I'm not hearing that, it's like, well, maybe I should just go work at Walmart now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that, you know, we've, we've talked about that. I mean, without any details, just that you're mm -hmm. going through this, this struggle and in the conversations we've had over the past, you know, well, I guess a year or so since this has happened, we've talked yeah. several times on different things, and this would come up, and I hear your heart, and nah, I always, good, good but, I, but I always appreciated that the fact that you, know, you were struggling with, you know, you felt that God was in this from the beginning, right. and you were struggling with that. Um, and again, we talked about in the last episode that you know we, you know, sometimes we get put on a pedestal where we have the same struggles and and, and doubts and, and mm. understanding, and the seeing that from. The leadership that you're and that's what i think I, i've appreciated the most about your leadership is your transparency and um and, and of course the humor that that comes with some of our pastors meetings and all that kind of stuff but the idea that even in your position um as a conference official as the president of this you know group of you know, you know where it's a small organization but it's still you know mm -hmm. not small by a lot right. of standards it's still a pretty large organization where god can lead and direct and even in the midst of well in the midst of a conflict that maybe not necessarily the type we were just thinking about, but internal conflict that's involved with attacks of character and stuff like that, yeah. that God was able to bring you to that place. Where it was like, well, I can see the end. Cause I know when you're in the middle of that, it's like, cause I'm still in the middle of some of those, like God, we thought we clearly heard your voice in this, but why, why was, why was the thing? So, and, and you know, uh, Boy, they don't always turn out that way. So down the hall is my VP for finance. He's a great guy. He's got a ton of experience. He's worked different places. He's telling me about a few of their lawsuits. They got their clock cleaned up. Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't turn. In fact, they had to. They had to initiate litigation, and uh, they probably look back and think we should have never done that. We 
spent a lot of money on attorneys. We didn't get a rendering uh, decision in our favor. We had to spend a lot more money, which, so, and they're, they're as much of God's work as I am here. So it's just different organization, different conference. So uh, even that, I know it's maybe not what you want to talk about. It's a kind of a, it's kind of a complicated uh, area that I, I don't always know and shouldn't and never will. But so that outcome for them looked that way where he was. It wasn't a good one for us. This happened. For me personally, hey, praise God. But had it not turned out that way, what would that have meant for me, except to just sit back and think, oh my God, I'm sorry, maybe I just not spent enough time trying to hear. Or, yeah, I don't know. I think when you, that whole concept of because we are in these leadership positions, then people expect us to know how to navigate these issues. Like right. because you have all these years as an administrator, as a president, when conflict and all these things come about, it's like, yeah, we deal with it, but you know, just what you shared is like, there's there's still that struggle, that agony, despite the years that of experience that you may have. Um, I think that's incredibly valuable for for many people because no matter how many years of experience you may have, conflict is still a struggle for all of us. Yeah, and even. Uh, um... I think even understanding how God weaves through the stuff you that is part of your ministry or part of your life, yeah. after, even after a lot of years, I, I don't always understand that, and uh, maybe never will. Uh, I guess we talked about it a little bit off camera or off podcast, but so you just come back to say, well, I'm sorry, we were talking about it early this morning with my AdCom team. We were at breakfast together and, and talking about stuff like this, and I said, you know, Sometimes he shows up and answers his prayer for like, wow, that was great. And I've got, you know, my, my, some notes, my wife has had a cancer journey that she's in that started out as bad. Then it's like, we don't think it's cancer. Praise the Lord. Then it is cancer. You know, and, uh, and then yet God's still showing up in that. It's a good prognosis. Uh, but it's a roller coaster thing. It's like, Oh God did this. They misread the x-rays. Your surgeon told us this has only happened twice in 15 years. This is not cancer. Wow. But then it was. Oh no, I'm sorry. Now it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we're talking to breakfast. I said, you know, so you come back to the one thing. What do you know? I know God is good. God is love. That this side of heaven is a veil of shadows and tears sometimes, and uh, there's a lot of stories that aren't aren't so good that turn out. So I trust Him yet. He, if, even if He slays me. And, uh, so that sometimes that's the lesson is, uh, hey, thank you for the good stuff. Thank you that my wife's story looks good. Thank you for the turnout with this lawsuit thing. But, you know, maybe another podcast is how do you deal with when it doesn't go that way? Well, and that's, 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 and that's a tough thing is because, you know, I, I've, had, I've had instances where I've gone and prayed for somebody who was in the hospital and they didn't think they were going to make it. And they made a full recovery that yeah. the doctors were like, this has got to be miraculous. And then, and then you pray for somebody else and you have that same, you know, you know, maybe even that, mm -hmm. that spiritual high coming off. This was the last time I had a prayer like this one. And then they don't make it. And it's like, well, God, was I less yeah. spiritual then? Like, so how do you, how yeah. do you struggle with that? And, and maybe even, you know, I, I'm fine just going in that direction with that, because that's something that I think that anyone that's listening is going to be able to struggle with. You know, there's, there's this picture of this meme. Um, and it, 
it's, it's made to be antagonistic against Christians. But it says there's somebody in the hospital room. God, why didn't you heal this? Answer this person's prayer, or you know, heal this person. In the very next panel in the hospital room, they're like, "Thank you, Jesus, for healing this person." They're like side by side in two different hospital rooms. You know, how do you how do we deal with the situation when you know when it's apparently seems that God answers randomly? You know, it's like what what puts one situation like you know what you're saying with, with what your, the VP was saying. Yeah. You know, it didn't end well in another situation. And it ended well in this one. It's like. Yeah, and then part of our discussion, another way of the podcast, I thought, is uh, we had breakfast this morning with the administrative team, and we're talking about. Um, so when we have prayer here, we, hey, would you put me in your prayer circle and your prayer list and your prayer, and please ask someone to pray. And then how many prayers does it take to get what you want? How many prayers does it take to get the outcome you desire? How many people have to, does that increase the chances you get the outcome you want? And, uh, uh, you know, Phil Yancey writes a great book I've read a couple times on prayer, at least for someone like me who who doesn't know the answers of how prayer works. Yeah. Uh, so and anyway, uh, yeah, uh, there's, there's lots of little bit of mystery to, to prayer, I think. Yeah, I, it's 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 always been a struggle for me on, you know, when God answers and how God answers. And even in my own personal life, because, you know, right now I'm going through that very struggle with my own my own brother's physical health. Yeah, and praying and praying and praying for him and asking people because the same thing. Like I'm, 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 I'm asking my, my, you know, I'm asking our, our our Friday night group that gets together and meets with us. You know, myself, myself and Pastor John and Pastor Daniel, um, Pastor Kevin and Pastor Michael and getting our church because hey, we got can you guys be praying? And I tell my individual churches be praying. And well, groups, and don't take know. us anything yeah. other than I mean, we're just talking as friends and uh, me as a fellow uh, student of prayer all after all these years of stuff I don't understand. In this in this breakfast discussion this morning, uh, it wouldn't in any way, but then it came up with some great uh, you know, conclusions. But someone said, um, so but where in the Bible does it say you gotta get more people to make that this outcome happen? I don't think that's in the Bible per se. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't right. mean it's bad. Sure. Ask if is a million people praying better than five. I said, you know, it probably Yancey picks up on some of these themes in his book, but just casual observation, Jesus' model prayer is pretty brief. Say this, say this, say this. Lord, teach us how to pray. Our Father, which are in heaven. And uh, then, you know, I think John 17's exception, some of the prayers of John are, are a little bit lengthier. You get the sense that Jesus' prayers were often short to the point. Sometimes he just prayed for the crowd. He comes to the tomb of Lazarus. Lord, just for the rest, I know you hear me, but for everybody else, I'm, excuse, I'm going to say this out loud, and then he prays out loud. Um, but, you know, then, of course, he spends all night in prayer at times, seasons of prayer. And the Bible said, pray always, pray expecting results, prayer of faith, prayer of faith of a righteous person, you know, a lot can happen. Uh, and then, but sometimes it just, I don't know, it doesn't happen the way you want it does, the way that you would like it to. Uh, the outcome is not what you desire. So I know that's not the topic of your podcast, but well, again, that's why that's why we kind of yeah. we go unscripted. And, and that's, we just, and that's we go with the spirits yeah. leading in some of this, and so I just I'm, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, John. And I just you know something you said earlier that might you know help frame perhaps frame your decision making process. You said that God is love, and that is central to not just what helps you uh, navigate these challenges. Um, you know professional, personal, um, but would you say that having that as your central premise 
helpful in all areas of your life, both family, personal, professional? Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think it even happens, it, it, I think it's important and it happens in the disappointment points that, that are yeah. the prayers that aren't answered the way you want. So you come back to God is love. What does that mean? It can, it can mean that because that's perfect love, it's not our flawed human variety. I think that love allows for you to say, uh, I'm not happy with you, God, right now. Why? Because I feel like you could have done something about this. You didn't do it. Right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm disappointed. I, th I think you're silent. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't get it. Did I offend you? Did I do something wrong? Could, could, I, you know, could I do something that you'd love me better and then you get you know, yeah. do this thing I want you to? Uh, it, it, and that's okay. It, it, one reason I think it's okay is, is, one, that's not uncommon in Scripture. I mean, read the Psalms, all kinds of struggles. And second, just go back to what you're saying, God God is love. And when it's the kind of love that's better than any we have on earth, man, that love can handle us saying, oh, you're, man, you're silent. I don't even like you right now. I just need some time away from you. It's, they're blasphemous sounding stuff, but God can handle that. Love can handle our disappointments. Love can handle that we're frustrated with an outcome that just can't understand. Oh, all things work together for good. But that's not even really what that scripture says. It doesn't say all outcomes are of God. I mean, mm. you just go down that road, let's start blame, blaming him for babies being killed in Ukraine today, the explosion. Or, so anyway, uh, yeah, the, you come back to the love thing and that's maybe generic, maybe it sounds like the expected answer, but sometimes that's the only answer you've got. I just got to trust it. It doesn't play out to the very end to understand this disappointment. And at the very end, and by that I mean the very end is resurrection and great getting up morning and Jesus yeah. is coming. Here he is. Yeah. Uh, then all wrongs are made right. And maybe sometimes that's the only answer. Yeah, it's love. I mean, that's a word that often gets thrown around in today's media, in today's world, you know. We sit there and say, you know, I love you, or we also in the same breath say, I love cheeseburgers, or, you know, I love this show or this music or whatever. But Or this podcast. Or this podcast. and uh, <laughs> Love John and Tom. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea that, that the, the passage simply states God is love, you know, it's an equational statement. They, they, they can be used interchangeably. In the sense that that's that's the core element, DNA, ever yeah. however you want to say it, of who God is. <clears throat> and isn't it cool how the Bible takes that and defines it? So if you left it at that, God's love. Okay, well, love in the human sense is, you know, I like this girl, I think I love her, she loves me, chocolates and Valentine's Day. <laughs> but, you know, his thing is, I mean, you could flesh it out so many other passages. So we'll take the one that's most well-known, or at least when it comes to my mind. So, God so loved the world. Prove it. Well, he sent his one, his only son. I'll, I'll paraphrase and add and die on the cross. Whoever lives and believes in him. Yeah, really. We're talking about, again, this goes back to this breakfast thing, you know, about God and Jesus and what he had to go through the cross and at the Garden of Gethsemane, where there's lots of things can be talked at over breakfast <laughs> with other people. Uh, is where, uh, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Uh, I, I, you almost see the humanness of the Savior coming out. So, like, oh, wow, is there another way? 
you, but your will be done. I'll do it your way. Then on the cross, another one of those moments, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I think uh, it's not a unique thought to others. I think it's the first time I had the thought. I said, you know, we've always talked about sin blocking from the Father. But, uh, uh, you know, your father and John's a son, and, you know, you know this paternal relationship thing. I see the, I almost thought, I want the Father looking at the cross, and my Father, my God, why are you forsaken me? So I, my God, the Father, I, I can't look at this. I can't take this. That the heart of the Father is breaking in a billion pieces as he looks at his, you know, his, his, his son has done nothing to deserve this. And I always knew it would happen here. I, I got to step away from this. I may not be, I don't think theologically holds water, but uh, over, over a bite of toast and some breakfast, I thought, I could see the Father like, I can't stand looking at this. i got to back up from this. Mm. And that's, that's a love thing. Uh, I don't know, maybe the human way of looking at it. Yeah, but God gave us the window to look through, even if it's marred and it's dirty and it's filthy. The, yeah. the idea that we can still glimpse an image of that God through our brokenness in this world is something that really just speaks volumes it, it, especially, of course, you know, we talk about broken homes, you know, I don't know my father. Yeah. I've never met my father. And I, I know, I know, I know less about my father than, 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 than can be written on a three by five postcode yeah. note. And yet, if it was written in four inch letters, you know, that's, yeah. that, that, I know very little about him. And so to understand the love of a father is something that was non-existent right. for me as a kid. Um, and probably one of the most meaningful things to me when I came into the church was this whole idea of, you know, um, God, our father. And I'm like, so is he absent? Yeah. Is he not yeah. there? Is he? And so people who don't have a father, it's, it, well, let me, let me say Pete, because I don't want to generalize, but for me, not knowing a father, the idea that God was a father was, was both traumatic because wait a minute, so is he not there and reassert reassuring because well, maybe I can have that that I, that I didn't have. Right. And I had, you know, I had male role models in my life. You know, I had my grandfather. I had, um, and, you know, I had some, I had some uncles and I had, you know, there was, there was, there were men in my life that, that kind of somewhat stepped into that role, but there was never really the fatherly type of person in my life. And to understand the love of that, I, I didn't understand that myself until, you know, I had a child. And when I sit there and I looked at my daughter for the first time when she was born, I'm like, almost like in the role of being a pastor, it's like, God, are you sure about this? I'm going to mess another human being up in such a terrible way. Why, why would you put me into this position? And then lo and behold, he, he did it to me twice. It's like, so now I'm going to be responsible for two children. Hey, hey, is he done with that now? What do you think? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> And then two churches. Yeah, and then and then now in the churches that I've pastored in, and you know I'm I'm a transparent person. I, I was told when I first became a pastor, don't tell anybody about anything. It's just everything's flower roses, and that's just not my personality. If I'm struggling with something, I'm going to be open. Now I may not tell them exactly X, Y, and Z from the pulpit, but I you know I share that I'm I'm a person that struggles. I don't have it all together. I don't know everything. And what you said earlier is something that really you know I try to teach to my children, to the youth that I've had. I think God is so much bigger than what we give him credit for. God can take, God, why are you doing this? I'm upset with you. God can take the questions. I, our faith is not so shakable that a simple question is going to be like, oh, no, I can't have you as my follower. Because mm -hmm. God has this ability to just 
listen, I mean, it, it was a lot of years ago in my last congregational pastor, I had a woman come in and sit across from me. Now, how be it, she may have needed some psychological help a bit, but she used a, just a really, an expletive you don't normally hear about blank and God. And I don't remember the point she was making. I didn't know what she wanted to say. So I was just quiet. I went, wow. And I was expecting lightning to my mind just right then. But it's to the extreme of what we're talking about, though, where God can handle your blank and you and still loves you. And that's probably what I should have said. I don't remember. It's been a long time ago. But, you know, it's, you know we're, we're not going to inflict harm on God. We can inflict hurt on disappointment because what we understand if, if love is as we expect his love is perfect is his love subject to be um, can he be hurt well as we as humans understand it love automatically opens the door that the loving entity in this case God can be hurt yeah despite the fact that we can hurt him despite the fact that we can disappoint him just because he loves us, he has still has compassion. He still desires to work in us and through us as the president, as pastors. And I have for those of you that are either watching or listening to this podcast, here's a newsflash for you. We, we don't always get it right. <laughs> uh, from the president to the pastors, we don't, we don't always get it right. We don't always know what to, as a matter of fact, I would even say most of the time, we don't, well, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Most of the time, <laughs> I don't know what to do. And in those moments, it really humbles me to know that I don't have all the answers, but I do know who does. And in those moments of silence, like you hinted at earlier, Elder Haley, when God doesn't you know, appear in the sky or write on the wall, here's exactly what you need to do. Those moments for me are, okay, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to put my faith in God. And if it turns out well, praise him. If not, praise him. Yeah. Um, and I think that has carried me through a lot of challenges. I haven't pastored as long as either of you, but those are the kind of moments where I really have to put my own faith to the test. Mm-hmm. Where I say, you know what, God, I don't exactly know how this is going to turn out. As a matter of fact, I actually think it's going to turn out terrible. But I still hope it, that even if it turns out right or terrible, at the end, you're going to be glorified. Yeah, and, and maybe ultimately, I was just thinking on the other end of this, Lord, the other end of this, other end of this disappointment thing, uh, is uh, can I have the confidence that you still love me, accept me, forgive me, will save me ultimately? Mm. And if the answer is, I think, with confidence, you can say yes, yes, and yes, is, all right, I mean, I feel like it right now. Let me catch my breath a little bit, but it'll be okay. Because yes, I guess I do. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Mm. Yeah. And wow. And then when we look at scripture, and this is, this is the comforting yet terrifying thing that I, you know, about scripture is, you know, when you look at some of the people in scripture that never got that that answer or never got that reassurance, and I mean, even John the Baptist was like, "Is he the one?" When this is the same man that says, "Behold, the Lamb of mm. God." It's like, is this one should we expect another? And, and at least my understanding of scripture is John, that was a question that he went to, maybe even went to his grave with, you know, was I right about this? Did I hear the voice of God wow. yeah. in this? Yeah, he, in, in the prison cell, you know, I mean, well, I, I, 
actually, actually I think John the Baptist, right? You know, I mean, the, he, had a, he had a big doubt moment. But do, don't you love, you know, the reply of Jesus? Are you the one? Go tell him this. Go out and see the one you healed. Go tell him that. I mean, that, that's Jesus always had these cool answers. Yeah. <laughs> We're kind of trying to get with cool answers as a pastor, presidents, like that. My answers are never cool. But uh, boy, he just. Yeah, you just gotta tell them that. That's all you gotta tell them. And we never we actually read John's response. Yeah. We never know how he responds. Yeah, it's yeah. just. It, it, but it, you think when you, th- I mean, I would think it's like that's what he needed to hear. Yeah. yeah. And there's so and, and there's so many times in the scriptures where, you know. You sit there and you look at Moses and the mistakes he made, even right there at the end, or, you know, you look at you know the people throughout Scripture that that struggled, and it's just like, well, it's a comfort to know that people in the Bible struggle. It's also terrifying to know they did their whole life, you know. Yeah. But yeah. but the idea of even if they didn't know, you know, we see these greats listed in you know the great you know Hebrews eleven the the the, the faith chapter of all these men that were and women that were just sit there and say, hey, these are you know this great cloud of witnesses that we have of people that were looked upon later and. You know, even God being, even even David with all of his mistakes being called a man after God's own heart. And it's just, it's comforting to know that God is still there. The God that was there for them is there for, here for us now. And the God that they didn't quite understand in those days is the yeah. same God that we don't complete, fully understand. And, you know, eternity to be able to look at this God and be able to have, you know, it's like, he wants us to be there with him. It's just... Yeah, I know we've talked about it, so it's repeating a theme, but, you know, often these people give uh, really stark evidence they're kind of messed up. That's <laughs> some real problems. Uh, but yeah. we're grateful, nonetheless, that despite our shortcomings, despite our flaws, despite our failures, despite our inability to make right decisions in perhaps critical situations, that because God is love. Amen. The very fact that we're still alive and we're still in our positions. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. Um, I'd love to have a Joel Olstein salary, but uh, <laughs> I mean, if I could have money stashed in my wallet, you know you've made it. Right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, as we wrap up this podcast, you know, just reflecting on, I mean, I have seven years of pastoral experience and Tom, I think what? Ten. Elder Haley's probably more than that. Through it all, more than both of us combined. Yeah, through it all, I'm sure we can all say that because of God and His grace, we're still here. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I I mean, it's it's uh, for people who grew up as an Adventist in my era. Hopefully, it's not so much for you guys. uh, But uh, the sense of performance and disappointment in God. Maybe it was self-imposed. I don't think it really taught that in Adventist schools, but um, you know, undeserving. I'm not sure I can ever be good enough. Mm. Somehow, really well-intentioned people, teachers in academy, they just didn't get that across to someone thick-headed like me, I guess. And so, even some of the trails of that hang around for maybe a lot of your part of your life. Uh, meaning, if you're not careful, you can listen to the voices and say, you know, you've messed up enough. It's done with you. Or uh, uh, Hey, you just deserve to, you know, what do you deserve? You just deserve to get hit with a, a divine lightning bolt and just wipe you out. <laughs> so there's there's maybe some truth to that. What do I deserve? 
I'd like to serve and die for my sins uh, a thousand times a week, assuming I had a good week. I don't disappoint God a thousand times. Uh, but, well, you know, I, I think I'll wrestle with that until I see Jesus is just, uh, whether it's the background, whether it's my, you know, your your family, your background, your background, my background, maybe I come from a more dysfunctional thing, but uh, that love thing is amazing. And I still struggle a little bit with, I don't know if the right way to put it, believing it or embracing it. And just, uh, I just, I just raise my head heavenward sometimes and oh, wow, that's, I know we started the second other podcast, but it's like, it blows me away. Amen. I definitely think we should explore this in another podcast. Other than Haley, will you join us on another episode? Hey, this is fun. I enjoy it. In fact, in fact, uh, sincerely, it's a ministry too. Man. I get to talk with people like this too. Other than the breakfast discussion, sure, the breakfast. A lot of our ad com <laughs> breakfast discussions and stuff is just stressful. But in this case, it was pure. And this is this is good. It's done something for my heart. So I appreciate both you guys, your ministry, and uh, this has been a ministry to me. I needed it. Thank you. Thank wow. you. Well, um, as but can I can I just one, one thought on that? Of course, of course. Um, that's powerful. That you share that because those that are listening aren't aren't going to be primarily pastors or leaders and stuff like that, right. and 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 they may have that question on how can they minister to their pastor, mm. or how can you know how can they how can how can somebody who's in the lower position minister to somebody who's in the higher in the higher position? Right. And you know I think of a song that um, I, I forget the name of it because I'm not huge on music and all this kind of stuff, but. You know, it's the song is, you know, it's like, what, what can I do to, to, um, to, what, how's it go? Um, but it's to talk about that. Right. What can you do to save, to, to, to save a life? And it talks about, you know, I'm the pastor at your church and I'm just saying, uh, what can you, what can you say to help, help me? Or you talk about the, 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 the waitress at the restaurant they go to, and what can you say to, to what, what words of encouragement can you get to that one? You know, know that as you don't have to be in a position of leadership or, in a position of the pastor or the president or or the CEO or the manager, the boss, you can be uplifting even the people to anybody that God calls you to do that. And Absolutely. even what's unexpected. Yeah. And, and sometimes a, a great prayer, if you have the courage to, it can be a cool, really cool thing. I don't always do it. Sometimes God reminds me to do this. Lord, today, let me have the opportunity to speak a little grace and love and passion in the life of someone. Um, and, it's not, it's not always about witnessing about all the specifics of our faith, as important as they are. Sometimes, like, hey, listen, let me just kind of show some Jesus to someone today, uh, a stranger, some somebody. And you'll find, you pray that prayer, God's going to answer that one. He loves to answer that one. All right, you ask for it, gonna, you know, it's going to come. Gonna Amen. Come. Amen. Thank you. I might actually pray that prayer myself. <laughs> but, uh, you know, before we end, of course, we would always like to highlight, you know, either a ministry or... Or, or something, a project that uh, you're especially um, passionate about. So something's coming up here in our conference in oh, the summer that we haven't really done good. for a while. You want to talk to us a little bit about Sure. It? So I'm pretty sure you're talking about camp meeting. <laughs> yeah. That's one of John's favorite events. It's, all yes, it is. He's been, he's been telling me how much he's looking forward to this event. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't hype it up. Well, we're, we're, <laughs> we're laughing about it because it does take a lot of work, uh, particularly for the pastors, a little, little bit for me, probably less. And we're all there together for like nine days and a few days before that kind of setting up. But, uh, you know, it's a really neat event. It's got a lot of history, pretty popular. 
uh, within North American Adventism, uh, kind of been, probably been doing it for over 100 years. We're uh, a conference that still kind of does the traditional longer one, but it's uh, kind of nine days of fellowship and fun and talking about Jesus and just having some fun together, talk discussions like this and informal and formal and seminars and training. We're going to have a seminar on gardening. We're going to have lots of stuff on health, uh, which is just good, whether you're young or old, just some a lot, a lot of great speakers. Got a guy named John Bradshaw coming, another one named Derek Morris, a guy named Dr. Hans Diehl. They're all going to be there. Uh, maybe you can't be there for nine days. We get that. But if you're able to show up, uh, pretty confident you'll enjoy it. Just a real spiritual feast. And that uh, happens the latter part of May right up to the first of June on uh, the campus of Highland Academy, Portland, Tennessee. <laughs> of course, we'll make sure to link the, uh, the website to register in the comment box. So. Uh, we encourage you to go. We encourage you to go to join us. Absolutely. And of course, we also would like to highlight uh, the academies that we have, Highland Academy and Madison Academy and all the mm -hmm. other schools that we have in the conference. Mm -hmm. And if you're a big fan of summer school, we encourage you to look into Indian Creek Camp. It's yes, a yes. really big thing here at conference because we love our camp ministry. So uh, if you you know have a junior or a teen, or if you have uh, someone a little bit older that wants to work at summer camp, uh, we encourage you to check out the website uh, mm -hmm. on the Kentucky, Tennessee website, or you can actually go to the Indian Creek uh, camp as well. So mm -hmm. definitely want to highlight that. Very, very, yes, very much. Yeah. <laughs> all great, all great ministries that uh, that you know that are dear to us here in this conference, and um, uh, there'll be more information you know down down below that you can they can check out that the websites and whatnot where you can get more information. And, and of course, all these ministries cost money, and so there's ways on the Kentucky Tennessee mm -hmm. website as well to donate. So if you would like to, you know, a good place to get uh, to send send your money where you know it's going to be it's going to be used for God's work. Uh, Amen. Absolutely, we we honor uh, greatly and respect with uh, thank you for investing the trust. If anybody sends a dollar our way to do something in ministry, that's we uh, treat that as a as a sacred trust. And uh, so thanks for thinking of us. Great podcast ideas. A new guy is going to join the administrative team, really important pastors named Joel Sutherland. Uh, good podcast guest, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, <laughs> had, he actually has his own podcast. So yeah. we can definitely, I, you know, obviously, Joel is actually a good friend of John and I's already. So, you know, that's something we can make happen, maybe. I don't know about this season, but maybe next season. Yeah, so. Next season. But we definitely got to get Elder Haley back on again. That's fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Would Thank you like you to close us out with a prayer? Absolutely. Lord, uh, we talked about some things really important that touches the lives of uh, listeners and certainly three of us. Um, when disappointment happens, when God shows up, times when he doesn't, how do we navigate that? And uh, maybe, maybe at least for me, one of the more important things that we've talked about uh, recognized by believers for centuries, but could never be talked about too much or uh, contemplated and thought upon too much. Uh, incredible, incredible love of God for sinners like us. Uh, love to talk about John 3.16, uh, but John 3.17 is also really important for God to not send his son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved. Uh, what what kind of love is that? Uh, God, we'll, we'll just wonder about it through endless ages, home with you at last. Can't wait for that to happen. So for each person listening, uh, Lord, uh, grace them with your love. Touch them abundantly with it. And for the three of us, we pray for the same. And uh, may we serve you well this day uh, until we're together again. In the name of uh, the one who loved best of all uh, and loves us to this day, Jesus Christ, uh, in his name, we ask these things. Amen. Amen.